the school system. How could he prevent an inequity? Was there inequity in the punishment? And how rampant was this inequity? All this and more on going camping at the end of the world. Welcome to Camping at the End of the World with me, Nathan Gumitautau, and we've got a fire going and we're ready to discuss problems people have had. This episode, we're discussing inequities in the school system. I have my, um, my interviewee here, my Uncle Val. Um, so let's just get right into it. Uh, did you see any, in, in, any obvious inequities in your school? Um, I think there's a, a few that are obvious um, to some people and not obvious to everyone. Um, I think about the curriculum that the kids use. A lot of schools use curriculums that don't necessarily connect to the students. You think about the when we teach history. I know that's like the let's say that's like the the number one topic right now in in, in uh, on the news, critical race theory. But yeah. there's a lot of truth to like kids learn best or students will learn best if they're interested in the subject matter. Right? Obviously, and so if if you're learning history and you're learning a lot and you and especially in the United States, it was a country of immigrants, right? Yeah. And and I'm Mexican, and and I know Mexicans have a part in U.S. history, but throughout all my learning about U.S. history, no one ever talks about me, like people that look like me, yeah. or talk like me, or have the same history as me. And I'm I'm learning about other people, right? And then you think about those other people, uh, the other people, the other immigrants. Um, I don't know if I would say white people or, or, or Europeans. And if we're learning all history based on Europeans, well, if I'm European, I'm going to be like, oh, I'm going to be more invested. My brain is going to be more invested in listening to that history because that represents who I am. Yeah. And so a lot of times, in even when you're reading English in English in English class, um, you're reading books about who? I mean, you think, are you reading books about Filipino kids? Are you reading uh, books about... African-American families, like what kind of books? I mean, your traditional books don't necessarily, aren't necessarily culturally relevant. No, they're like, especially like, um, you read a lot of like, like past works from like Shakespeare and stuff. And I don't really feel like that reflects like a modern perspective of the world as much as like, say like, like new music does. A lot of new music can. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a great example. I think that's a great example of the music and, and thinking about, um, at the school that I work at, where it's predominantly, you know, kids of color, mm -hmm. and then they're, you talk about music, and they're taking band class, right? They're in band, and they like playing instruments, but they're learning old, old school, or old world music that's not re necessarily represent, like, their culture, right? Yeah. Like, imagine if they're playing songs that have to do with their culture, you know, and, and how much better they would be at playing the instrument or more willing to practice their instruments because it's more culturally relevant. So I think a lot of um, if the curriculum, no matter what subject it is, is more culturally relevant, I think that's where um, it creates inequities because when it's not, then there's going to be a lot of students that aren't interested. All right. Um, our second question here is, um, do you see any inequity in punishments? In punishments? Um, well, I think it's that's a hard one because it depends on like the demographics of your school. 
um, you know, if, if you're a predominantly white school, then you, the punishments for kids are going to be predominantly against like white kids, right? And, and, but if you're uh, a school that's predominantly like kids of color, then, you know, the, the percentage of, of punishments is going to be, you know, equal that, uh, you know, a high number of kids of color. Yeah. But um, me, I have seen, I, I feel like I have seen um, kids doing the same behavior, but only certain kids getting in trouble. Like um, say it's just like kids talking in class and kids are talking in class and, and yelling in class, whatever, because the teacher's letting them all talk. Yeah. And then when it's time to calm them down, you know, a, a lot of the kids will calm down, but it takes some kids more time to calm down, right? Yeah. And because they don't calm down in a timely manner of the same as those other kids, they get in trouble, right? And yeah. it's and, it, and it's just the environment that they're in that I feel like creates the inequities because we all don't come to school with the same background, right? Yeah. We all don't come to school with the same upbringing. Yeah. So we're all not going to learn the same. Obviously. Right? Yeah. We're not going to learn the same. And, and so for if a teacher is going to expect all the kids to learn the same way, like even when a teacher stands in front of the class and just teaches to the class, lecture style, yeah. Well, not everyone learns easily that way, you know. Like some yeah. kids, some students like to be in a collaborative setting where they're talking with one another about the subject mm -hmm. and they're learning from one another. Yeah. And um, one of the examples I just thought about was just—I um, know I'm going off topic about punishments, but just thinking about um, when a kid's in class and they raise their hand and the teacher's frustrated. Well, I already went over that. Uh, I'll talk to you later after class. But if you imagine, if you're working in a collaborative setting where everyone's working together, I could ask you, hey, Nathan, hey, did you get that? I didn't understand that. Could you explain that to me? Yeah. Instead of maybe feeling like you're bothering the teacher, right? Oh, yeah. I always feel like I'm bothering the teacher. I always felt like I was bothering the teacher, like, when I would, like, raise my hand and then, like, ask a question. Because they always look pissed for some reason. Yeah. I don't yeah, know why. Yeah. I don't know why. They always, like, they always get mad. Um, but if you do look at, um, I think, like, the, if we go back to the punishments, like, it's tough. It's, it's it's hard to say, but if you look at statistics, you know, you know, black and brown kids are probably more suspended or suspended more than the you know the white kids in the school. Oh yeah. Um, but then, you know, there's there's not. I wouldn't say there's like a real answer to why the inequity happens, but um, everyone can form their own opinion about yeah. why does it happen, right? Um, you know, how culturally sensitive are teachers who don't know about, um, you know, you know, the kids of color, their culture and, you know, their culture, they like to be loud and they like to talk and, and where other cultures they don't. And so who gets in trouble with the kids that aren't quiet and just doing everything that the teacher says? Yeah. All right. Um, our next question is how could we have a society teach against these inequalities? Like, how could you think we could have like made it better for people? Um, that, well, that's hard because that's the that's the, I think that's the ongoing battle, and, and it has a lot to do with accepting everybody yeah. for what they come to the table with. Yeah. Right. Um, just because everyone starts to, say there's a race, just because we all start at the same starting line, doesn't mean it's going to be an even race. No. Right. No. 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 Yeah. It's. Um, you have, you know, you you have people that are just born with more, right? You have kids that are just born with more money, 
more resources than other kids and they're going to the same school and they're supposed to learn the same way right oh, yeah. and so um i don't know it's, it's really hard but it, it has to go back to i think teacher training in in um in credential programs for teachers i see a lot of changes happening now with new teachers coming into the school teaching where they do have that mindset of, of uh, trying to support the inequities. Yeah. Um, our next question is, had you ever had to deal with any instances of inequity? Um, like me personally or at my job? Uh, you per, uh, at your job, at your job. At my job, um, well, you know, sometimes it does feel like there's inequities where, you know, um, some resources are more, or they're more available at other schools than at my school, right? Yeah. And when you call the same company to come support your school, they either want to charge more money or they say no, or they don't know how to come and work with the, the kids at my school. But um, no real big instances where I feel like um, I've had to personally experience it as far as a school. Yeah. Um, but I feel like the way sometimes people look at our school, um, just because there are a lot of kids of color there. Yeah. And, um, you know, having my kids, you know, come to school here in San Ramon mm -hmm. and seeing the same kind of problems, social problems yeah. and, and behavior problems happening at my school and the schools out here, but yet, we only talk about the school where the, the black and brown kids are. Yeah. That's the ghetto schools, right? Those Ooh. are the schools like, oh. Scary. <laughs> Um, and my final question is, uh, this leads into a bigger issue of redlining and poor neighborhoods getting less funding. Do you think that if school systems were reformed, as in giving more money to the school's infrastructure and hiring more qualified teachers, naturally over time the neighborhoods would become a better place? Oh, definitely. I think um, in people, you know, sometimes people don't realize that investing in the schools are the, you know, the product of the schools are going to live in your neighborhoods, right? And so like even when there's bonds or, or tax initiations to raise money for the schools and a lot of sometimes people are like i'm tired of taxes i'm tired of taxes i don't want to pay those taxes but they don't realize that that tax money going to the schools is going to better the education of the people that live in their community yeah and 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 you know trying to get more money to the schools that um need it and then um you know being able to pay them more you know uh Teachers are obviously going to go to districts where they're paid more. Obviously, right? yeah. they need to support their families. Yeah, and so you know some 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 of your districts that are doing really well, you know, academically, the teachers are getting paid more. So definitely, yeah. if there was a um, a good source of funding um, and, and and money's going to all the schools, mm -hmm. um, especially the schools that need it, it definitely yeah. would would support the inequities. Yeah, so like, like, do you think that the kids, especially like, I think like in, in poor schools, they almost seem like they don't even really want to go to school. Like a lot of, like they're like less, um, they're less, what is it, what's the word? Motivated? Um, motivated, that's motivated. the word. They're most motivated to go to school. Well, I think that has, it goes back to like our first question. So what, how, what are they learning in school? What kind of curriculum are they being presented? Yeah. What's going to get them to go to that class? What is going to get them to read that book? And if it's books that have nothing to do with, with them or their culture, then they're going to be like, uh, what, do I go, what am I going for? Like, I'm not as, as interested, right? Yeah. 
you think about um, think about your personal interest. If you're reading books all about your personal interest, you're gonna you're gonna want to go to school, right? Obviously. And then if uh, and if you feel like you're being picked on at school, you're not gonna want to go to school. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, that was um, that was nice. Um, I think that's all the questions I had. Well, thank you for discussing with me. I really appreciate it. I mean, it's not like you're gonna do much else. Yeah. Um, but I suppose I appreciate it nonetheless. Uh, no problem. Thank, thank you. you. For, yeah. Thank you for joining me camping. All right. Uh, <laughs> it's been a great camping trip. Yeah. <laughs> Next week, um, we'll hopefully be discussing something else. All right. Not, not with you specifically, but in the next episode of the podcast. So uh, yeah, that's it. All right. Take bye care. bye.